Welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, as I was on the other episode still, because we're recording both on the same day. Correct. So if, if I sound a little... So lazy. he's been sick for, like, the entire weekend. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully it doesn't end up as that. So we've got um, the Overcrest Rewind for you today. We've got lots of good news, some yes. funny stuff. Um, Buster Conrad is, Conrad is coming on at the end of... <laughs> The episode, and we also, I put out a thing that says, hey, I want to hear from you guys. What do you want yes. to talk about? Blah, 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 blah. And we have got that. That's what people want to talk about? They do. They blah, want, blah, 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 there's blah, blah. A, there's a whole, isn't there a, yeah, there's the Seinfeld episode about that, too. Where it's, no, it's uh, it's not blah, blah, blah. It's uh, yada, yada. Yada, yada. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, same thing. Same yeah. thing. All right. So let's go uh, straight into our Patreon. That's right. If you head over to patreon.com slash overcrest, you can become a supporter of the show for as little as $5 a month, which we figured is basically like one cup of coffee in That's your right. morning routine. You, get you can stuff. support the show. You can get exclusive content every single month where we record an episode just for our Patreon subscribers. If you move up to the next tier, you get a t-shirt. We got new stickers. We got all new branding for you guys. Yep. And if you go to our, should we call it like the premiere tier? The premier press premier sure. tier. Sure, $25 a month, you can get a print from Chris Cluel himself. Right, and we'll work through and uh, we'll go through my Instagram or whatever you want to look at and we'll find something that works for you and the decor of your house, something that'll make your bride happy. Sure, yeah. yeah. He'll he'll fly out to your house and take a look that and he will, will interior decorate it for you. <laughs> nope, not No, happening. but in all truthfulness, it just, it really shows us how much you guys care and it really keeps us going with that support. It makes me it makes me feel fuzzy. Warm and fuzzy. Warm and fuzzy. All right. So, um, stupid headline of the day Uh-oh. via Jalopnik. Okay. Um, Let's hear the headline. The Hyundai Veloster and ETCR has hit the track, and it sounds like Star Wars. What is the N? It's basically a, it's like a, a race Hyundai Veloster, but it's all electric. Okay. okay so is, Hyundai- a, is ETCR an acronym, first of all? Yeah, probably. Okay. It's I thought I read the note here and I thought it just said, like, et cetera. <laughs> Hyundai Veloster, et cetera. Et cetera, R. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hyundai Motorsport hit the, uh, the, it's like the Nurburgring, but in Korea. So it's called the, the Hungaro Ring. <laughs> <laughs> With its all electric Velocitor N to get the machine primed ready for next year's ETCR racing series. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's the electric touring car right race and it sounds or something absolutely awful so i'm gonna play you wait a clip. so they claim it sounds like star wars right so i'll play you a clip of the car right now i can't So this, this is, is this actually, is, that's actually just, Star that's Wars. Like, that's just the pod <laughs> racing scene, Chris. <laughs> that's right. So maybe not so much like Star Wars. Uh, all right. So here's the the actual sound. Okay. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> guys, guys, guys. <laughs> all right. So I'm gonna war- I'm actually gonna play the sound now. I know. I'm gonna warn do. everybody uh-huh. to maybe think about turning the volume down. If really? you're wearing headphones, which we are right now, which we are right now. <laughs> that was the in car as it accelerated down a straight. It sounded like a really bad bearing in that electric motor is what that sounded like. I was thinking it sounded like the ball that I throw my dog, but the pitch was increased like 
400%. So like just a little the, whistle ball just thing. Just like the little whistle ball. I mean, I guess they're trying to go between like electric and jet engine sound. I don't know. It, do, it does sound kind of like an airplane taking off. Right. But with no bass whatsoever. Because yeah. when you have an airplane taking off, you can you feel it, right? It's at least it's giving you some sort of physical response that's not vomiting. Because <laughs> this, you know, th- what this reminds me of is the the U.S. government was coming up with this uh, radar dish that they could point at crowds, and when it hits yeah. you, it, it, you barf. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember reading yeah, about yeah. that. All right, so I'm gonna play you uh, again. I've played this before, but this is my favorite. Sound clip. This is just an ear cleanse. You know when you go into and you like you ear cleanse. It's an ear cleanse. Like you go into the perfume place and you want to buy some new cologne. They have the little little coffee. coffee. Yeah, that's that's what this. All right, so this is. On that first pull, I was waiting for the shift, and it just kept going, kept going. Yeah. So baby. this is that V12, it's that, that mantra, weird that mantra, mantra V12. V12. And the reason I play that is that is one of my favorite song clips okay. of a car. No one is ever going to listen to something like this <laughs> and go, man. That is my favorite. Of all the race cars I heard this weekend, the one that sounds like a Dyson running like 400 volts instead of 110 volts, that was my favorite one. So that's what we all have to look forward to. Yeah, you're right. All right. So next story here, Hennessy. Did you notice that the Star Wars thing actually had like an F1 sound to it? Yes, it did. I thought we were playing F1. It's funny you mentioned that because I remember watching that sequence a while ago and being like, Wait a minute. That's just a Formula <laughs> One car they dubbed over. Yeah, it's basically it. All right. So it sounds, and I went through like a bunch of other Star Wars sounds. Yeah. I could find nothing that sounded anything like this. Nothing. Yeah. Absolutely so, nothing. So uh, who knows what they're actually talking about. Right. All right. So next story, Hennessy. We know Hennessy is the performance tuner that does Corvettes. They do a bunch of other like big V8s and they turbocharge them and make them crazy. Hennessy is now going to enter the electric car market. Of course they are. So John Hennessy, the founder, and his team at Hennessy Performance Engineering in Sealy, Texas, have been making fast cars go faster for almost three decades. Though so far, all these have been featured, of course, the old-fashioned internal combustion engine. Do you think, do you think we're going to start just saying the ICE engine? Do you think that's the way people are going to start referring I to it? I hate saying ICE I do too. or anything like that. Yeah, but that's kind of... How about, how about we just be more specific? He's been making V8s go faster. Right. I'd Why rather say that. I would. I think we have, there's a difference between an engine and a motor. Correct. So we can just call them engines, and we can just call electric stuff motors. Yes. Because, I mean, a lot of people will sub motor. But it's not correct. It has to do with the feedback loop. Correct. So a motor is not an engine. And correct. what's in your car, your internal combustion engine, is not a motor. It, I think it I, classifies the other way. An engine is a subset of a motor. Okay, so it's more specific version. Correct. So why don't we just separate out and say whenever we say motor, it's electric, and whenever we say engine, it's a car. Yeah, we'll okay. probably just be saying EV, to be honest. Correct. Regardless, All right. Hennessy is ready to try its hand at tuning these Do you EVs. think anybody's going to call it EVs? Man, that's a nice EV. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so the first that Hennessy will be working on is none other than the Porsche Taycan. So, as John Hennessy says, quote, We've been planning to do something with electrified vehicles for a while now. We felt that the new Porsche Taycan was the right platform from which to modify our first 
Evie or Ev, as the cool kids as might the call cool it. Kids might call. So this is basically um, they what, could could have done a Tesla, but it's not performance oriented enough right. to to warrant it. Probably not. Right. So, uh, and, you know, wherever there are these tuning companies, they're going to have to adapt and tune cars. So I guess it'll be EVs. But I'm curious to see if they can, perf- like, extract that much more performance out of well, it. Well, think of it this way. Um, you and I, last episode, we talked about what we want to do with, like, a Nissan Leaf or yeah. whatever like that. Yeah. If you could run more voltage into those motors, what will they do? Probably make more power. They will turn faster. Yeah. That's all. It, I mean, it comes down to it's very complicated, but that's all it's going to take. Interesting. Yeah, that I think you sent me a link earlier today, and by saying it's more complicated than that, that's an understatement. It is. All right. So the question is: Is do you think there's going to be kind of any limiting factor to this? You know, in terms of regulation or anything like that? Are they going to no. say, "Oh, you can't put more than you know, however many volts or kilovolts"? No, or I don't think so because we haven't seen that in horsepower in cars. There's no limit. They could limit cars to 400 horsepower easily. Well, I think they do. They can, in a way, do it via restricting via emissions. True. Your car still has to burn clean. True. With EVs or EVs. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyway, all right, let's let's move on. Next story. All right, BMW posts on Twitter, then deletes an ad about sex inside self-driving cars. <laughs> this is awesome. Autonomous driving will bring us a number of freedoms. Passengers will be able to watch movies. Read newspapers, if they still exist, or play video ga- games while the AI drives. But BMW thinks being chauffeured by a self-driving car can get a whole lot more exciting than that. The German car maker uh-huh. released and then promptly deleted an ad called New Moments of Joy. Oh, I like that. Because it's all what would, like the joy of the machine was their so thing, right? You, I just realized I had this flashback to being a kid. <laughs> oh, God. My buddies and I were at his house, and this was like a it was like a horror house. It was a disaster of a house. And I remember we were just like <laughs> digging through shit or whatever, and we found a uh, a book called The Joy of Sex. Okay, have you ever heard of this book? No, it's like a huge picture book, and it looks like it's one of those ones where it looks like Vaseline was smeared on the lens no. before anybody took a picture. Okay, it's all like foggy and hazy. It's got like oh, this... so it's not too like vulgar, right? Right, right. Okay. It, makes, it looks more romantic. I got gotcha. kind of what that sure. new moments of joy. That's what that re- that reminds me. Yeah, um, the racy <laughs> ad was uploaded to BMW's futuristic sub brand BMW Eyes Twitter account on Monday, but has since been taken down. It's unclear why exactly BMW removed the ad. Is it though? Is yeah, it, I, I think someone posted it, it, and then their management was like, wait, you guys can't post that? But here are a couple of hints as to why they might have. Encouraging people to drive without wearing seatbelts isn't exactly the best idea Ooh, in 2019. I suppose you're still going to want seatbelts. Despite a warning in the ad noting that it's for demonstration only, <laughs> and that BMW does not offer self-driving cars. Yeah, good point. Uh, so I found the ad, and <laughs> it's four minutes long, so I'm oh, just going wow. to run you through it. Okay. And if you want to w- watch it, it's it's kind of like, what the hell is going on? What were they thinking? Really? What boardroom exists in the world where they were like, yes, this is a great idea? I don't think it was the boardroom. I think someone from the board saw it, and that's why it got It was from the bedroom, down. not the boardroom. Hey, <laughs> okay, so two well, strangers. Well, depending on how kinky you are, Chris, <laughs> one and the same. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so two strangers meet in a coffee shop. Okay. Um, the girl, so I'm, it's it's whack. Okay, so there's a guy reading a book and then a girl reading a book. Okay. And then the girl's in the iNext, which is, I think, the car. Sure. And then a guy is so, all of a sudden outside of the coffee shop in a chair. And then she's, like, walking around in a blue blazer. Okay. And then um, the girl is walking through the city and then the forest and then the city and then the forest with a peacock. 
at the same time. Oh, so <laughs> when I, you say it's weird, it's it, okay. It's weird. Like I think does the peacock represent an actual, you know, like a huh. I don't try to keep somewhat PG thirteen here. There's um, metaphors perhaps that are going correct. on in this act. Then they're on the beach running around, touching each other and the sand, and like putting their hands through the rocks and the sand, and it's Very like sensual. oh yeah and then they're in the yeah. water and then there's papers from their books flying everywhere okay <laughs> which is not very environmentally conscious True. and then they're driving the inex and touching the inex oh so they're very like softly and it has like a touching the and car. it has like a responsive display like Ooh, as you touch yeah. it it's like like it's warm it's it's yeah. like there's digital pixels that are moving with your finger okay i don't you know those like globes that have electricity in them and you move your finger yeah, around? a little plasma it was kind of like thing. it was kind of like that but like pixels. I gotcha. All right. So then um, they're uh, blah, blah, blah. Then they're driving in the INX, touching the INX. And then they're at a club with their friends. Oh. So the friends go to a club and they're dancing around. And then they're back at the lake again, which is now steaming. Ooh, see? <laughs> yeah. This is all metaphors. Um, then the guy's skin turns into the stuff the INX is made out of. Which, <laughs> where, okay. Where you're, and then she's like touching his neck and it turns into the pixels. Yeah. Oh, man. It's like, is this some sort of metaphor for being in love with cars? Like, I was thinking more like sex robot metaphor. <laughs> yeah. um, basically, the guy's skin turns into the INX stuff, and then INX is made out of and then they make out. And to creepily round it all off, this is while the car's driving at the end. To creepily round it all off, we're then given the message, new moments of joy. Okay. <laughs> so that's not as, like... It's not perverse. Okay. It's very, uh, it, it alludes to everything. You know, it's not, it's not like you see some guy bouncing up. And it's not like, <laughs> have you seen the Guinness ad? No. Oh my God, this, I'll describe this. This is really funny. Okay, so there's this Guinness ad where you see uh -huh. a bottle of Guinness and it's, it takes up the whole frame. Yeah. And, uh, and it's moving back and forth. Okay. And it's jostling around. Yeah. And then the camera starts to pan out and it's jostling around and jostling around. And then pretty much you notice all of a sudden that the bottle of Guinness is now sitting on a girl's back right in between her dimples and the bottles going back and forth. And then you just see a guy. <laughs> it's like a first person view. The camera never like shifts or moves anywhere, but you see a guy grab it, lift it up and it goes out of frame. And then it goes back into the frame and sets down right where it was and keeps jostling around. This obviously was not a U.S. market advertisement. No, but that's not. a great commercial. This was nowhere near as lewd as that great commercial. Go find it. The Guinness. All right. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> um, so it's not lewd and it's not forward. It's very... You know, I don't understand why it's, it got banned or got okay. Pulled yeah, down. when you when you said it got banned right away, I was expecting I mean, they much it more. No, 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 it's not. It's it's weird. It's just weird. It's yeah. Very, very weird. Um, BMW says in this short film, we follow even Leo's path of finding each other. Mm -hmm. Their love story leads them to their favorite space, the BMW <laughs> Vision I next. Uh huh. Yeah, where they where they experience the magic of future mobility today. Traditional materials are connected with high-tech features to form shy technologies. Shy technologies? What the hell does that even Why mean? Why would you call technology shy? Uh, combined with many other revolutionary features, Eve, Leo, and their friends enjoy a whole new user experience inside, inside the a car. Okay. That's it. That's all I got. That's, that's all like, weird. That's all I can even that's say about weird. it. It's, it's a very bizarre commercial. I'm guessing that this happened in like an incubator for this marketing company. Oh, like, yeah. It's where they did this. And then like the parent company, BMW, full of Germans are like, oh, no. <laughs> Some German ads, though, too, are pretty racy. Yeah, but this was when you post on Twitter, that's worldwide consumption. True. Yeah. I mean, that's that's It's national. not like the old days where you could focus your market based on, you know. Their social norms. Right. All right. Well, let's move on to the next story. This one I like. Feds want to give drivers the option to choose their EV sound. 
Which is not exactly what you think it's going to be. Okay. The NHTSA's proposed rule would amend 2016's Federal Motor Vehicle Safety Standard, or the FMVSS, number 141, (laughs) minimum sound requirements for hybrid and electric vehicles, adding a key change to the law. And what's that? The modified rule would, quote, allow manufacturers of hybrid and electric vehicles to install a number. Here's another one. Hybrid EHVs. So it's the halves. Hybrid and electric vehicles. We've already talked about it. Hybrids are going, they're, they're gone. So, yes, this new ruling would, quote, allow manufacturers of hybrid and electric vehicles to install a number of driver-selectable pedestrian alert sounds in each HEV they manufacture. NHTSA is proposing to remove the limit to the number of compliant sounds that a manufacturer may choose to install in a vehicle. Drivers would then be able to select the sound they prefer from a set of sounds installed in the vehicle. Goes on to say that before the amended rule becomes the law of land, the agency first wants to hear from the industry and the public, seeking feedback on the rule, specifically whether it, quote, should, in- should establish a limit to the number of compliant sounds made available to the driver. November 1st marks the end of the comment period. I really was hoping this was going to be like ringtones in the 90s. It's not. This right, where you still, can just upload your seems, sound. It seems like they had a limit of what so- how many sounds you could have. Sure. Now they're just saying, eh do what you want yeah so it's still going to be a manufacturer thing but here's the deal if it's imagine if revo is no longer able to really tune cars but instead they hack the ecu to make uh, yeah make so different will... tunes <laughs> it's just a different kind of tune right yeah, yeah literally tune <laughs> all right jake you need this for your h3 it's an h3t chris get it right okay whatever uh did you see that i sent you an h3 that was albert blue basically yeah did you see that yeah and i was driving and i went under this bridge and i revved it up at, i don't have a horn so i revved <laughs> it up at him and i looked and i started i pointed at him and i pointed at me and i pointed at him and i pointed at me and i pointed at the car and i was like doing really slow like color like trying to get him to read my lips and he looked at me like i was insane yeah i but would it, too if that <laughs> transpired next to me but his wife like punched him on the arm and, and said something to him, and then he started laughing. So I think he finally finally picked it up. Okay, so F-150 owners may not have to worry about getting stone chips in their windshields any longer after High Performance and Corning announced a partnership to sell Gorilla Glass windshields for the U.S. market's best-selling vehicle. Here's the thing. Have you looked to see if you can get one of these for yours? I don't even know what this is. This is gor- – you don't know what Gorilla Glass is? No. Gorilla Glass is – um. Well, it's not what iPhones use, so you're probably not familiar with it, but Gorilla Glass is what a lot of Android phones use for okay. their glass. It's extremely hard. Okay. It's not like Sapphire Crystal or something, but it is right. an extremely hard glass. I like that idea because I go through at least one windshield a year on that H3. Right. I'm sure your insurance company would like this too. For those <laughs> that don't know, Gorilla Glass is used on your smartphone and is much more resistant to chips and scratches than normal glass. Hmm. The idea is that using the same kind of glass for a vehicle's windshield will make that will make rot chips that are all too easy to get, whether on or off-road, in any kind of vehicle, even more so a picket. This is a ridiculous sentence. <laughs> That's is, all one sentence, isn't it? Yeah. By its okay. very nature, it's meant to be used as a work Right. Blah, blah, so they're blah. saying making it for an F-150 makes sense because that's... It's a work truck. Yeah. And it's America's basically workhorse. Um, so a regular windshield for an F-150 is four or 500 bucks. This okay. one's 900 Okay. That's so not terrible. Is your, you have a square windshield. It yeah. is a square. Well, it's like a your, rectangle. It's basically like your your kitchen window. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, it is a your flat piece of glass. Your living room bay window, yeah. Right. Um, so... Uh, yeah, get one. Call them up. See if they can cut you one special. Measure okay. it. Okay. I'll yeah. I'll, I'll tell my insurance Why? company to do no, that. No, no, no. Call these people. Okay. And say you want if they're making these. Yeah. Surely they can make you one that's not bent. Just be like, hey, just <laughs> fucking make me one of these things. 
<laughs> I want to know. Cool. I want to know what they say. See I, if they'll send you one. I, It'll well, probably be like three thousand dollars. Which is totally worth it, right? <laughs> totally worth it. All right. So <laughs> I love this story. I this, sent this to you. We talked about something like this last week. Yes. When we talked about one of the t- police departments in Indiana getting Teslas for their police cars. And what did I say? You said, I, I hope their battery range Their is battery good. is going to die because they've got computers and lights. That's and, right. You and did those predict guys that. always have their air conditioning on max. <laughs> the, the police Tahoe that I had yeah. had a huge, a bigger than normal air conditioning condenser. Really? And they, so that's a thing. And that thing it was. And that air conditioning was absolutely biblical. It was oh, the I ice bet. age inside <laughs> the Tahoe. It All was right. crazy. And just sitting there, too, just idling. The thing was just... All right, so here's the story. Tesla fails at a high-speed chase. A Fremont police Tesla engaged in a high-speed chase last Friday. Where's Fremont? Fremont is not listed here. All right, hold on. Go ahead. I'll find it. Because I sent you a different article previously. Just keep going. I'll find it. All right. uh, It is Indiana. It's got to be the same police department. It is, isn't it? (laughs) Fremont, Indiana. All right. So it was in a high-speed chase last Friday when it ran out of battery power while in pursuit of a, quote, felony vehicle, according to the Mercury News. The department's Model S was in pursuit of a vehicle and was traveling at speeds up to 120 miles per hour on the highway when the officer driving it radioed in that he might not be able to continue the chase he was leading. Officer Jesse Hartman said to fellow officers nearby, quote, I am down to six miles of battery on the Tesla, so I may lose it here in a sec. If someone else is able, can they maneuver in to the number one spot, please? What, so what happens to a Tesla when it dies? I'm curious about that, too. Does, does it, it just, like is beep, it, beep, beep? Does it try to pull itself over? Does it? I'm wondering if it's kind of like a sci-fi movie where they pull the battery out of the nuclear core. And it goes... <laughs> or it's like sliding the dimmer switch in your, right. in your kitchen and the but lights just But with so many like safety features, I have to imagine it puts on all hazards for you and like pulls itself over. I wonder. All right, but the officer lucked out. Shortly after radioing the battery warning in, the person he was chasing began driving on the shoulder and police had to call off the chase for safety reasons. While the rest of the officers made their way back to the headquarters, Hartman had to make a pit stop. I've got to find a charging station for the Tesla so I can make it back to the city, Hartman said. <laughs> Wonder if he, there's any charging stations at the donut yeah. shop. <laughs> he eventually found a charger in San Jose and was able to return back to headquarters. Oh, this must be California. Yeah. The te- unless Darn. there's a San Jose, Indiana. <laughs> the Tesla had reportedly not been recharged after its previous shift before Hartman took it out on Friday, so the battery level was lower than it normally would have been. A Fremont police spokeswoman said, quote, Hartman was monitoring the charge and responsibly notifying everyone of its status, the spokeswoman said. Recall, Fremont's police department made headlines for being the first police agency in the nation to roll out Teslas as part of its fleet. So did the guy get away or what? Uh, No, I in a different article I read, they like later got him somehow. Darn it. (laughs) It was one of those instances where like if a police chase gets too dangerous, they're like, well, let's quit chasing this guy before he kills yeah, someone got his license plate we'll exactly but i wonder <laughs> if part of the decision was well i'm gonna lose him and he's kind of borderline dangerous like i would have maybe gone a little bit further before well, but six I can't. miles isn't much that's for sure all right so uh the honda civic is on fire not in the way that Teslas are on fire. This is more about sales being on fire. Really? So Honda's brand has seen a 20% sales gain, which puts it back in the black after months of heavy sledding and was led by the CRV, but that's not the whole story. Okay. So there's a point to all this. There's kind of like a, 
like a kind of icing on the top of this whole story at the end. Okay. The Civic family, with multiple body styles and trims, continues to be the star of the show at Honda. It's leading the compact car segment over the rival Toyota Corolla by nearly 20,000 units per year. That seems significant. This year, I want to know what sorry, the percentage of that is, though. Uh, that's, that's probably only like 0.1% yeah, it's probably, over yeah, Toyota. It's not a lot. But 20,000 cars? It's a lot of cars. That is a lot of cars. Do people want passenger cars? Yes, said Stephen Center, vice president of the auto sales division of American Honda. 47% of our sales are passenger cars at huh. Honda. 47% of our sales uh, are passenger cars at Honda, sorry. And we're picking up the share in passenger car segment. Almost two points compared to the other mainstream brands. So that, while everyone else is buying crossovers, yes, Honda is selling cars again. They're selling a lot of cars. And it's not just the exit of the Detroit 3, mostly, uh. from the car market. We're also gaining from other Asian brands, too, such as Hyundai. So I think it's kind of from everybody. <laughs> as the market shifts more to trucks, those people that prefer passenger cars are coming to us in droves. Almost 20%, this, okay. 20% of the passenger cars sold in America are Hondas. Wow. 20 they have a 20% market share of cars. Wow. That is crazy. So yeah. I just I just thought this would be nice to outline that people still kind of do want cars. Sure. Even though it's a shrinking segment, Honda seems to be able to capitalize on it. And yeah. Maybe maybe that should say something to other manufacturers that Who are pulled out wholeheartedly. Yes. <laughs> Phrasing? <laughs> uh, so, do you want a perfect old Miata? As like evidenced was, by our Friday episode, yes, I do. Oh, no. All right. Well, we're recording this episode first. So now but, I know that there is at least one car on that episode that is not on my list. All right. So you can now, um, in Japan, yes, they will. Uh, Mazda will restore your Miata. So this is like what we're seeing with Porsche Classic. Right, exactly. And now Mazda's doing it. That's awesome. The service launched in 2017, but only recently gained momentum. Mazda says Mazda Engineering Technology, the section of Mazda which performs the restoration and is certified by TUV Rhineland Japan. That's a very German sounding name I was, for Japan. Yeah. Takes a spent, tired, and haggard, which is every single Miata I've ever seen. <laughs> North America Miatas received, and then like other services, strips them down and restores the cars to better than factory fresh. At least that depends on which portions of the service you choose from. So here's what they'll do. Oh, so it's not like you just send it in and they rebuild it. No, it's it. a la carte. You can choose Interesting. things. According to Mazda spokesperson, spokesperson, come on. According to the Mazda spokesman, which is what we've used as a word for the last 150 well, or years. Or like the previous article said, spokeswoman. Fine. it's accurate. <laughs> okay. All that stuff started me off. Anyway, so the drive. The basic menu starts at 2,500,000 yen. How can you keep track of how much stuff costs if That's it's in like the million? That's like saying 2 million pennies here. <laughs> it is. It like, is. it's dumb. It's so dumb. With several options available to ultimately create what amounts to a brand new car. The basic package includes a new bonnet, a boot lid, three new straw hats, new front fenders and doors, <laughs> any minor repairs necessary to the other areas of the body, and a full respray, along with a lifetime supply of propane gas for your propane uh -huh, grill. Uh -huh. The car is then put back together with new lights, wipers, and a brand new soft top. I would want the hard top. Yeah. That's the way Miatas look cool is when they have a hard top. Yeah, but they still have a soft top underneath that, you know. Do they really? Oh, yeah. Anyway. Unless you take it off for weight savings. Interesting. All right. There are, however, additional restoration services someone can choose. Owners could also request an interior restor restoration, mm -hmm. 700,000 yen, <laughs> including new dashboard, trim, seat facings, and carpeting, an engine and powertrain overhaul starting at 800,000 yen. Mm -hmm. It's only an extra 100,000 yen 
over your interior to do an engine. Yeah, because they just take another one and put it in there. The <laughs> engines are simple. It's probably true. They probably don't rebuild it. They no. probably just put a new one in. Including new dashboard. Well, th that wouldn't be numbers matching then. True. They are not probably stamped. And Mazda mm. Miata does not have stamped engine blocks that match the VIN. There's no way. Nobody okay. cares that much about a Miata. They, they probably it. will in 20 years, though. The fact that they're offering restoration services means, as again, as evidenced by what we talked about last Friday, mm -hmm. the older Miatas are worth more now. Okay. Including an engine rebuild with several new intake, exhaust, and cooling parts changed, and an exchange transmission and drive shaft, and a suspension rebuild that included new suspension parts, bushes, bearings, and braking components with a start of 400,000 yen. <laughs> All in, you're looking at somewhere around 4.4 million yen or just about forty thousand dollars okay. in today's exchange rate which if you think about a complete restoration for a car it's pretty good however it doesn't a seem factory restoration i didn't yeah. see anything about body work true like they said respray yeah yeah but here's the problem they said minor repairs necessary to other areas of the body and a full respray new front fenders and doors so you get new fenders doors and what if the th every miata i've ever seen is a toilet they're all worth about $4. Not anymore. They are junk. They're all ugly, at least here. <laughs> Every Miata I see driving around is <clears throat> either it's lowered with stupid camber mm -hmm. and rusty mm -hmm. with fender flares bolted onto it mm -hmm. or some aftermarket hardtop. This yeah. is a conversation I should probably save for the next episode that we haven't yeah. recorded yet. Should. But anyway, so um, you two can You're have not a, a fan. But so you can have a $40,000 Miata that's usually worth around $4. Yes, um, that's not true. <laughs> pristine NA Miatas here in the United States are just around $10,000. Yep. Um, here's the only problem. This service is only available in, in Japan. Japan. For now. For now. They might open it up. I still have not driven a Miata. All right. Anyway. So... After a 140-mile-per-hour chase, man tells police he didn't think their cruisers could catch his 2002 Acura. Well, I mean, that's one excuse. Police arrested an Indiana man after they said he led them on a 140-mile-per-hour chase. A trooper was sitting stationary on the shoulder of who cares when he clocked a 2002 Acura traveling 116 the miles per hour. It's not even like it's, a it's, it's RSX like, or something. How, I didn't know they could do 140, though. Aren't they usually speed limited to like 135? Yeah, I don't know. The driver increased his speed as the trooper pulled up out to catch up with the Acura. The Acura sped up to 140 and began weaving in and out of traffic, even though traffic was light. Well, if you're going 140, it doesn't matter if traffic's light. Yeah, you're coming that's... up on new cars pretty fast. Yeah. Um, the driver finally came to a stop. Uh, he passed cars on the outside shoulder on two separate occasions, which is like bad news. Awful. You ever notice when you drive on that part of the freeway, it actually it slows the momentum down on that side of the car mm -hmm. because it's drag on that side of the wheels, right. which had 140. Whew. You have to be able to feel that. Yeah. The driver finally came to a stop at Who Cares, and the driver, Dino Lorenzo Gagliano, 20, of Dyer, was taken into custody. Okay, they said this was an Indian man? Oh, Indiana man. I'm like, Indian man named that Gagliano? very Italian. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Gagliano said he was worried about his license, but he thought that ISP cruisers had V6 engines. He was surprised when the trooper <laughs> caught up with him. 
<laughs> I mean, hey, he's honest, right? He's like, wow, I'm surprised you caught me. Yeah, what you got under the hood of that thing? <laughs> you got a hammy? As he's on the ground, he's yeah. trying to look like. <laughs> Gagliano was arrested and transported to who cares? He's charged with resisting law enforcement, a level six felony, reckless driving, mm. class B misdemeanor, driving with a suspended license, infraction, speeding, unsafe lane movement, and failure to signal lane changes. Could you imagine if he signaled every lane change? He'd be like, you're out getting me That's for this one. <laughs> another 150 bucks he wouldn't have had to spend <laughs> oh man all right so um this y- next story you dug up is sad it is sad nearly three thousand recalled brand new bmws and minis have just been sitting in an auction yard for over four years and this isn't limited to just like three series this is like an m4 m6 yeah it's a cooper s it's it's some really high-end bmw stuff Excuse me. Back in February of 2015, a rough winter storm rocked Halifax's port just as a fresh shipment of two 2014 and 2015 model year BMW and mini cars had arrived. Due to the extensive exposure to standing water and salt for an extended period, uh, is, that's basically the reason that they were. Sure. Uh, which, okay. Transport. Well, ca- it depends. Like flood damage? Then yes. Let's keep going. Transport okay. Canada, the Transportation Regulatory Department of the Canadian government, issued a recall for the 3,000 ve- 3, vehicles. Do you think that BMW has insurance for something like this? Probably. That's not that big of a drop in the yes. bucket. This was in port, affected by the storm back in 2015. The cars have been sitting at ADESA Vancouver, a salvage auction yard, ever since. According to the official recall, the mini models were determined to be at increased risk of crash due to corrosion at the starter motor power supply cable connectors, which could lead to the inability to restart the engine following when engines shut down by the start-stop system. Sure, right. So just disconnect a stupid start-stop <laughs> system, which is one of the almost ridiculous... I hate it. When I, I do too, but they do anything to eke out just a little bit more on their city mile per gallon. You know what is awful about it, though, is when you're, you know how you can get it to stay off? And I found this out in the Chrysler minivan that I rented, a brand new minivan, is you turn the air conditioning on max. Or and then it, you just deactivate the system. Don't they all have a little button that says uh, turn this, off, I did start, not stop? See a, I did not see a button for this. So, but I had the air conditioning on max, and then it won't turn off because it's trying to keep the car cool. Sure. But if you set it to like seventy three, and if it's seventy three in the car, it It'll turns off. off. Sure. And then in Houston, where it was ninety degrees and humid, hundred degrees and humid, it got hot immediately wow. in the car. It was just drove me crazy. And plus, I don't like that. It's just I know it's, it's very disconcerting. I don't I don't like it at all. So the same recall determined the BMW models were at increased risk of crash because. Lubrication of some internal components within the steering rack may have been exposed to excessive water or salt, which could result in higher than normal steering effort or steering binding. So these are very specific concerns they're listing. Right. But But that makes it seem like they were basically standing in flood water. Right. The recall also warned of damage to electrical wires and connectors in the cars. Which is the real issue. Yeah, it's flood Um, damage. The list included a bunch of all of these, just like every everything that BMW made at the time. Yeah, basically. Here's the problem. Why are they left to be rotten in a field? Can we not part them out to well, help other people out? Can we not right. Can we not just say, well, I would like to just, can we have these, I would like to have this car inspected to see if any of these things are a problem. They've already been there for four years. Who's paying it, for that? The, the buyer. Yeah. The guy that wants to 
buy the freaking car. The guy that wants to buy the M4 at the auction, why can't he say, hey, I would like an independent investigation by whoever? The only problem is maybe if you if you did that, the shop that's doing the investigation would then be somehow liable. financially liable because yep. they said it was fine. But hey, can we just at least part these things out? Can we make make 3,000 cars with a parts? You missed for- the worst part of this, Chris. What's Some that? cars had already been sold and taken ownership of. So you have this nice M4 in your driveway, and all of a sudden you hear, oh, sorry, we actually got to take that back because it's been basically... And I'm sure it was... Damn We're going to take this back. Here's another one. I'm sure I was. know it was, but what if you fell in love with that one? If you're driving around a brand new M4, I don't think you really care that all of a sudden you're delivered another brand new M4. Probably as long not. as it's like the same color and everything else Probably. That, you, that you wanted it. So anyway, it just seems really, really, really wasteful. Yeah, I as agree. With a lot 100%. Of this type of stuff. All right. The Kia Stinger. Is in trouble. I haven't seen many of them. You haven't. That's because they're not selling very well. <laughs> um, I actually like the car. I remember first seeing it and hearing about it. It's a good looking car. They're not bad looking. And I remember the episode of Top Gear where James May drives one. Okay. And it seems like a great car. It seems sure. like a cool car. Um, anyway, so let's read this. Kia admits Stinger successor is in doubt as sales did not live up to expectations. Then hmm. I'm just going to read a few quotes by the VP of Kia about why. We never really expected to do massive volumes, said Mr. Gilam, a VP of Kia. He's also head of their design department, stuff like that. Cool. It was a halo car. And that should tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. Kia does not need a <laughs> halo car. Good point. It's Kia. You don't need a halo car. It's it's so far removed yeah. from the rest of what Kia makes that it just doesn't make sense. It's like... Okay, but that's the point of a Halo car. A Halo car rarely makes sense to the rest of the model lineup. Look at the Ford GT, right? The GT40. Yeah, but there's heritage. there's heritage there. It is. There's no Kia Stinger heritage. Try again. Pick a different one. Okay. The 918 Spider. Uh, that Porsches. was kind of like following the, in, the, in the footsteps of like a 959. And it's also, you're yes. also dealing with Porsche, who's a Halo brand. Okay. L, uh, the Lexus, what is that? The LFA thing? Where it was a V10, basically it was a crazy. And here's Formula another One instance engine. of the car that. Do you ever see those? No. It didn't work. Right. Okay. So it's here's the problem is you have these halo cars that don't really make sense. Right. With the brand. With the brand. Okay. So um, Mr. Gulam says he hopes Kid gives the Stinger sedan a second chance because it takes time to get established when a brand is new to mm. the segment. When the brand is new to the The beginning Model, of my career yeah. was at Audi. I remember it took three generations of the A8. To be seen on the level of a BMW 7 Series or S-Class. You mm. have to persevere. If you're entering these segments, it's premium or image vehicles. You have to give yourself a bit of time. We have to see if the Stinger continues, first of all, if it will be continuing, continuing, which I really hope so. And if we think this is the format to continue in the future. He said before going on to suggest that if the Stinger does live on, it could be electrified. Well, of course it would be. That's <laughs> Okay, well, that just seems like another way to just cut another one, it's one of its legs off right now. True. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see. I think if any model continues right now in the next 10 years, it's going to be electrified. All right. Well, it's just, I can see why it didn't go. It just, I agree. It doesn't, you know, I'm sure um, Buster Conrad's going to be very disappointed, but 
the, the, the Kia <laughs> He's a just, big Kia guy. He's a big Kia guy, and I just I don't understand. A Kia does not need a hail car. They, yeah. What they need is they need a little little car, little hatchback, little like a Kia, like a hot Kia Soul or whatever. Like uh, I don't like them, but Nissan does the Nismo Juke. Yeah, right. I know yeah. you love that thing. I think it's. I think it's absolutely awful. Like we used to go fishing for catfish. Yeah. And we used to take these sponges and dip them in rotten cheese. That's what I think of when I see the Nissan Juke. Okay. That's it's that bad. I absolutely (laughs) detest the (laughs) Nissan Juke. And but I mean they should have done something like that versus I think they just reached too far. Yeah, I guess so. All right. So I'm gonna skip let's go straight into our listener. Input. Actually, do we have something from Buster Conrad? We that do. We can play. He's actually on location and sent us a clip. So let's go right into it. Let's hear what he's got to say. Hi, Chris and Jake. Today I'm at the Reno Sparks Convention Center in Reno, Nevada. Elbow deep in the arse. <laughs> what? The Autonomous Automobile Aftermarket Reseller Expo. I've already <laughs> been to the Evangelical Elon E's booth and picked up that ozone and warm copper scented Elon Musk prayer candle you requested, Chris. <laughs> The theme this year seems to be on ways to fend off boredom now that cars are saving us from the burdensome task of driving. Well, I think we discussed that earlier. What are we going to do with all that free time? Well, Well, fine folks at the Snuggie (laughs) Corporation are offering a line of wearable blankets with realistic upholstery or outfoot prints, complete with easy wipe lining in the crotch area. (laughs) I I do think that they've got a design error, though, as this feature seems to be on the inside, and it won't be much help for ketchup spills on the outside. Oh, oh, yeah, it's the I get it <laughs> <Yeah>. now. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Well, this looks a bit unsettling. Could you tell me what this is for? I sure can. This is the iBeanie. Level 2 and higher autonomous vehicles require that the primary passenger have precious time taken away from the recreational activities to mindlessly and redundantly monitor the road. <laughs> Who wants to stare at endless white lines, rolling hills, and cornfields? The future is now, and that's the car's job. The iBeanie allows the primary passenger to focus on important things, such as social media accounts and cat memes, by presenting a (laughs) face complete with realistic eye movement on top of their head at the optimal angle to satisfy the so-called safety systems. So how much would a handy device like this set me back? How much is your free time worth, sir? <laughs> well, we, we believe it's well worth the $129.99 asking price. Huh. You know, I think I could cut the bottom off a Halloween mask and glue on some googly eyes for about 20 bucks. Hey, look at that, a Keurig booth. You look like you could use a cup of coffee. Cars have been putting babies to sleep for years. One minute you're reading a good book, and the next minute you've awakened from a 15-minute nap. Well, we've got a solution for you. <laughs> this handy coffee maker plugs into your 12-volt power outlet and makes you a hot steaming cup of wake the fuck up in 90 seconds flat. Let me give you a brochure. Whoops, I dropped it. Here's another. Whoops, I dropped it. Here's another. Whoops, I dropped it. Another. I smell cookies baking. <laughs> there appears to be a bright red SUV in the KitchenAid booth. I'm going to go over there and see if I can score some chocolate chip cookies. Lady, you've got the most appealing booth here by far. Are you pushing cookies or this sharp-looking SUV? Both. In the old days, you'd buy your ingredients at the grocery store, then drive all the way home and start baking. With the KitchenAid Croissant Autonomous SUV, we've automated the baking (laughs) task alongside the driving task. This baby will do zero to chocolate chip cookies in six minutes. (laughs) Very impressive. Does it make waffles, too? And how. With the option of breakfast package attachments, you'll gladly let go the steering wheel, 
but not Lego that <laughs> ego. Well, the future sure is tasty. Well, back to you two. <laughs> Thank you, Buster. Was that, was that like the Easy Bake Oven version of a car? Yeah, exactly. No, it's the it. KitchenAid SUV. You probably like the coffee thing, don't you? You love coffee. Oh, that was, I mean, yeah, that's me. That's, yeah, abs- yep, that's yep. absolutely it. Well, thanks for reporting on that. I really appreciate it. it sounds like... Uh, I was wondering why BMW wasn't there with the with the first story. I would think BMW <laughs> you would think they would, would be at the, the arse. All right, so via email. So th- we're we're moving on segments onto some listener questions and input, right? That's right. Okay. So, um, I get input from emails, Facebook, Instagram. This is via email. Okay. Jeremy Crawl says, in your latest episode, you mentioned the potential carb changes coming up and the old California emission vehicles. You forgot to mention that there are other states that have decided that they want to follow the California rules and that the car companies also want to follow the rules over there because it's the easier it's easier to build one version of the vehicle for the U.S. Obviously, that's, yeah, obviously. Yep. But did you know that um, just recently, Minnesota says it's going to jump on board and do California regulations? Oh, so it's really? going to match. And there's a bunch of other states that are coming on board and be like, yeah, we're just going to do what California does. And that's federalism for you. States can choose to do whatever they want. All right. So he also says, I have to ask, are you releasing podcasts that were previously recorded? So we record them on Friday. The news one is recorded on Friday and released on Monday. I've listened to two episodes that seem to have been pretty recent, but there was no mention of the GM strike in either of them. It's a pretty big news story in the automotive world, and I would have expected to hear it mentioned on your show. I look forward to your take. I try to avoid talking about unions in general because I kind of, I think what the issue is, is that um, have you read about this? At I all? haven't actually. I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong. But basically, you have full time workers mm-hmm. at at the big three, and they're yep. all under the auto union, and correct. they all have great benefits. Okay. And then you have um, temporary workers, right, who do not qualify for any of those benefits. And I think that that's part of the, the issue is that the temporary workers are complaining, and and they're right. but, but they're still part of the union, but they're not getting any of the union benefits. Right. I think. Interesting. That's what's going on. But honestly, I don't. That's more I, politics than it is. It's more automotive. politics than it is automotive. And I just. Agreed. I, I'll just leave it at that. I don't we really don't, feel You like, don't want to hear more. I'd rather. Politics. I'd rather Believe talk about. you, me. <laughs> Acura Integra is running 140 miles an hour from the it police. It was the TL. The, the Acura TL. My bad. Chris. My bad. I didn't mean to, to talk down. Yes. Come All right. So now. Nick Elaine says on the topic of tech safety features, Great when they work, so annoying <laughs> when they malfunction. I had a, re- a rental Nissan X-Trail in Scotland last week. That would be amazing. What I is an X-Trail? I don't know, but I want to go to Scotland. Just to drive something. I want to ship my car there and do a, do That'd a Scotland. That would be sweet. Anyway, yes. twice the pedestrian detection system went off when moving slowly in an empty parking lot. It seems to have detected some plants as people. <laughs> the result was that it threw the brakes on hard enough to stall the car before I could stomp the clutch. Oh, that, that's that's full braking if it's doing that. Not only that, I didn't realize with a manual car, it still would have automatic braking. Yeah, I didn't even it's think of requ- that. It's probably required. And or anyway, wow. so the collision detection also went off a few times on narrow turns. These features are like are like giving backseat drivers control to someone who has never driven. Yeah, you're right. It's like somebody has a stick that they can pull <laughs> all the way from there. As an alternative example, I did like the system in a VW Golf that I had before the X-Trail. I almost bumped into a branch when reversing. The sensor saw it and hit the brakes automatically. They clamped so hard that I thought I, I hit something, but they didn't prevent, and they didn't prevent a potential scratch on the rental. So, hey, that's fine. So, it, I see what you mean. Yeah. I had, uh, speaking of safety stuff, I don't know if this is safe or not, but I had this this lane avoidance or lane monitoring thing on that Chrysler van I was talking about. Yeah. When it would like buzz at you and yeah. try, and it would try to keep you in the lane. It would turn slightly. Yeah. But if you let go of the steering wheel, yep. it was like bumper bowling. Yes. 
I've I've experienced this in it my was, friend's Volvo. It just goes ding, ding, It goes ding, in between the ding. lanes, and then, then it starts to get really mad and starts to slow down and lets off the gas. Oh, does it? But I it's didn't totally do like whipping a bowling ball down the bumper lanes <laughs> just just back and forth because it can't because it doesn't detect it till you're on it or right, almost exactly because it, it's not meant for self driving. Self driving. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, via Instagram, uh, sixty two Merck says, "Is there a one car solution for enthusiasts like us in the Midwest?" There are. It is if there is it's the <laughs> the one car solution uh-huh. for enthusiasts in the Midwest is probably a Subaru, the Audi All Road, or an S four. No, because an S four, if you got an Avant, maybe, but an All Road is a more capable vehicle. I suit you than for cargo and everything yes, else. We're talking one car solution, right? Okay. One car You're solution. Right. It could be an S four S four sedan. No. Absolutely right. not. But it could be an S4 Avant. WRX wagon? Yeah, but for an enthusiast, I would think that getting an all-road where you can chip it and you've got twin turbos and you can have some fun with them. You're talking the, like, B5 or whatever. Yeah, or a new road. one. I mean, the new ones are so ridiculously priced. Yeah. And they're all Well, the only problem is that they're hideously unreliable. Um, but, right. I mean, you're basically saying should be all-wheel drive, should have cargo space. <gasps> what about the Subaru? Uh, Forester? No, the Brat thing. Not the Brat. What did they call it? Not, the old one was the Brat, the and then Justy? they made the new one. No, the old one is the Justy. The new one's the Brat? What are you talking about? I don't, I don't know what model you're trying to get. I know what a Brat is. I know what a Justy is, but I don't know what you're talking about. The Brat was the newer one, right? The Brat is the pickup truck. Yeah. With the seats in the back. Mm, they made a newer version in like 2005. Oh, the Outback. It's like an Outback truck. The Outback truck. pickup. Yeah. yeah. Mm, that'd be interesting. I, I could see, but then I wouldn't. I don't know. I can't get with the culture there. You know, I don't vape. I don't. Now, that thing I don't think is a vape mobile. That's like different. <laughs> Every enough. Subaru comes with a lifetime supply. <laughs> All right. So Connor McConnell says maybe it was covered way back, and I can't remember. But how do Chris and Jake know each other and end up doing a podcast together? Who knows, Connor? <laughs> <laughs> how did you? When did we first meet? Do you know? I don't. Years ago via EuroWorks Club. Right, but it, you were—is it through volunteering for the car show? Uh, no, I was like in doing things with the club before then, but I don't think you really got to know me until I was doing volunteering stuff. Right. The, the first real time I hung out with Jake was hanging signs up. That was the first time we hung out, just yeah, you I and suppose. me. Was hanging signs 30 feet in the air yeah. on telephone poles as you put a ladder <laughs> on top of your truck yep. or something like that. <laughs> I remember and that. And I'm just like, oh my God, I can't do You're this. Like, I'm nope, going to throw up. Nope, nope. All right. Yeah. So um, Brady Cooper. Asking, would trucking see a rise in young driver retention the way it did back in the day when the cool trucks used to roll around, when the next generation of electric trucks rolls out? So he's talking about the cab overs. Yeah. Those were cool. Those, that's worth uh, a Jake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I really want to do like a hot rod, rat rod cab over. It would be awesome. Yeah. I wonder what kind of fuel Just economy you slammed. get one of those if it's not towing anything. Don't know. Probably not very not good. Great. Still, probably nope. not. But hey, at least you've got a hundred gallons of diesel fuel. Yeah. That you can um, <laughs> so as far as the uh, is, Brady's is question, the next generation of trucks are going to be autonomous, but they're going to have to have somebody with them because you're going to have to have. So them. That's going to be the most boring job ever. Basically, you're going to get paid to sit on your phone, and the the wait the rates are going to go down. You're not going to make yep. you're not going to make anything for money. Um, maybe you'll see some sort of union develop because the wages are so bad that you're going to have a lot of this. the number one job in America is. I don't know. Trucking. Really? That is the number one job, the most populous job in this country is trucking. No. 100% Google it right now. Really? It absolutely is. It is the number one employer job is trucking. Or that includes 
like probably stuff the other like logistics he, of it. Yeah. Well, no, I think it's just the number one job. Mm. Most common job is a real ta- retail salesperson, Chris. Retail salesperson. I thought it was trucking. No, think about it. Every Walmart, every whatever has a retail salesperson. Is truck driving the most common job? <laughs> it's official. Truck driver is the most common job by state, according to an NPR report using Census Bureau data. Okay. <laughs> All right. So it is uh, truck driving, or at least truck driving is way according up According to one source, yeah. Yeah, uh, NPR and the census. <laughs> let's go. Let's go with the census as a reliable source. So okay. I think the problem is is that you're going to see a lot of guys that are going to start losing their jobs because these guys make good money. It's I true. Mean, you make you know whatever. What is it like eighty cents a mile or some seventy five cents a mile? I'm not sure. Like the rates, I'm sure Ryan yeah, is. or our, our our listener truck driver Ryan can probably yes. chime in on this. Um, so they make good money. Yep. There's a lot of room to advance, and you can buy your own truck and do your own thing. The only way that the young people are going to get interested in this again is if they were driving, but they're not going to be. It's just the way it's going to be. I with, know. With the amount of miles, think of all the the safe the safety that can be enacted on the road if there's not a person driving a truck. What do you mean the safety that can be enacted? You just ha- I'm sorry. The, the, it's going to be a lot safer for drivers to not be in the equation on because nothing drives more miles than truck drivers. Right. And I as, see what you as mean. safe as they are. They're the ones that are on the road the they're most. Human. Whether it's they're, they're human, they get tired, whatever the case may be. They maybe they're not. You don't with an electric truck. You don't have to have a logbook. You True. know you cannot only drive for eight hours a day. Yeah, you can just it's more drive. efficient then. So you you will be a guy that sits there, and what you'll do is you'll drive. You, it'll be on the freeway. It'll be in autonomous mode. You won't do anything. Right. And then when it gets there, you're gonna like pull in and back up to the dock. You're gonna charge the thing up. Whatever. That's mm-hmm. all it's gonna be. Interesting. All right, so we've got one more via Facebook. Okay. I recently finished putting a new engine in my 2012 Colorado. 3.7 liter five banger for the win. I know that engine well. (laughs) (laughs) The process, while a hassle, was fun because I did it with my dad. So I was wondering what the best and worst memory of working on your cars were. The worst was trying to remove the fan from my first car, a W8 Passat, where I could only loosen the bolt one click at a time with a three-inch <laughs> extension on a ratcheting wrench. Oh, man. I've had a lot of those type of instances. Um, I never really look at them as bad experiences. Okay. There's been a lot of they times. They can be frustrating during the... They can. There's a lot of times where I'm, I got stuck working outside in the cold yeah. when I didn't have a garage and I didn't, couldn't afford oh, to man. pay anybody. Like the first, the first real project I ever did on a car was in January. It was on my Volkswagen Rabbit, okay. my baby blue Volkswagen Rabbit, and the half shaft went out. Ooh. So I was laying on a gravel driveway <laughs> full of ice, changing out the axle on a Rabbit, and I'm cold. My hands are cold. Trying to, The tools are cold. Everything's cold. That was probably one of my worst memories that I had was doing that. But it, now I think back, I'm like, well, that's not that hard. I could do that really fast now. But at the time, you had but no I, idea what you were doing. I had no idea what I was doing at 16, 17 years old or whatever I was. I just I just had to do it. Yeah. My grandpa was like, well, just go do it. You know, He's like, yeah. just go do it. What's the problem here? <laughs> just go do it. Suck it up, buttercup. Get out there and change the yeah. axle out. So, I mean, I've had a lot of terrible experience with cars. but What about do you have a best memory that stands out, really? Holy cow. Uh, best memory was would probably be... Um, the first start of my motor that I have now in my car. Oh, I suppose. When I first started that thing up and it After didn't explode. so many hours. So many hours and it didn't explode. That's good. It, that it is just, a very good thing. Yeah, it did not explode because I thought there might be washers in the engine. No. Yeah, because the, you know that if you look on the bottom of a, <laughs> a 911 motor is a dry sump uh, motor. Right. right, yeah. 
So you've got a metal plate with the drain plug in it. Yep. So you usually just take the drain plug out, and you can take both off. You're supposed to change both every once in a while. I've never changed the metal plate, the wrong right. the manhole cover thing that's on there. Anyways, but when I had the motor port apart, of course, that was off because you have to split the case. Yep. And I put that thing on there, and I set the washers on it. Oh, no. And then I don't remember what I was doing, but I got distracted, mm-hmm. and I had to go do something else. And I, and I was hitting something on the motor with a rubber hammer. Don't remember what it was. I can't recall. But the plate popped off <gasps> and went shooting into the air. Yep. And I only found like six of the eight washers. <laughs> so I'm sitting there turning the thing over by hand, yep, listening as it's sure on the engine stand. Feel and I'm just like, listening. I'm listening. No, I'm talking about turning the physical motor over on the stand, waiting to hear something tinkling around inside. Okay. Oh, like, okay. Not turning over the crankshaft in the engine. You're just turning the engine. The physical on the engine side. Right. You're turning the whole block around. Because there's no oil in it. Yep. So I could would have been able to hear the one. I didn't hear anything. But it was in the back of my mind. <laughs> also, another thing that sucked on that is for some reason, uh-huh. you know, there's an oil pressure relief um, yes. plug. Yep. And it's on a spring. Okay. And it basically, it's the oil pressure relief spring. If the oil yep. pressure gets I've too high, it opens there, up. But yep. And for some reason, I looked in my little tray of bolts, and there it was. Huh. <gasps> Just sitting there. And you can look at this thing. You don't have to take the motor apart. But I took it out, and I could see that it was there. I'm like, okay, it's in there. And then I put it back together, and I'm still looking at this thing. And I still, to this day, I've seen it every once in a while. I'm like, man, where did that thing come from? <laughs> I don't know. But here's what I think happened huh. is I got all my parts plated. Oh. And I think, I like, Aaron Hatz from Flat 6 gets some of his stuff plated, too. Oh, you and got I an extra one I got, thrown like, in? an extra one thrown in, and that'll, that threw me for a loop. Oh, I big time. bet. What about you? I don't know. I'm trying to think of good memories, like with my dad building hot rods back in the day. He had a 52 Ford pickup, and I was pretty young, but I remember just helping here and there and putting that thing together and driving it without his permission. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's always fun. I haven't done as much I used really to climb out my wrenching. bedroom window and sneak. He had a, my grandpa had a Mazda 626 that I needed. Okay. Something, he was working on it or something, but yeah. I remember pushing it down the driveway yep. into the road and then pushing it down the street. Now I know if I think about it, so I, that was probably 25 years ago. Okay. He was still 65 years old. He probably couldn't hear it anymore anyway, <laughs> but I still pushed it down the street, up. and I went and met some girl at a park, and we made out. It was pretty yeah, sweet. In my, in my, I was like 15. I didn't even have a license or anything. Wow. Was, oh, my God. Rebel. So my buddy and I, this is another memory that just came to me. Yeah. My buddy that worked at the grocery store with me, his dad had an old Toyota Corolla, like an old one. And okay. we were like bombing around in this thing before we were like 14, oh, 15 geez. years old. It must have been 15 yeah. because I would have had been able to work. So maybe 15 and a half, 16 years old. And I remember he also had an Acura Legend. So he took out the Acura <laughs> Legend. I was in this old Corolla thing. It was, it was gold and it was old. I don't remember exactly what it was. Old and gold. Old and gold. And uh, I remember taking a corner too fast. Okay. And just driving the thing into a dumpster. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It was not good. It was not good. It was, by the time I hit the dumpster, the car had slowed down enough that all it did was move the dumpster yeah. and, like, push the bumper shock in. <laughs> so we went back. We parked, it, parked both cars in his garage like nothing uh-huh, happened. Uh-huh. And I never saw that kid again. <laughs> his dad was like, no nope. way are you hanging out with that cool kid. He's a troublemaker. And it's oh, true. Man. It was all my idea. Wow. Yep. That's pretty funny. Well, I think that's it for this episode. All right. We'll call it a week. And, uh, you know, I still, so I've been talking with the guy that wants to do, or still wants to do the interview about the movie cars. Yes. It's really important to me that we get the interview. We've been waiting. So we'll just keep waiting. Maybe we'll wait a few months. I don't know. We'll see. He's a busy dude. Very busy dude. Okay. And I just want to make sure that I get that for 
or the interval, he's booked some work and he can't, he's not available. Gotcha. So I want to make sure that we get him for that. So that's it. Awesome. All right. So leave us a five tart star review guys. You know, don't keep this podcast to yourself. If you like it, your friends will too. Tell your friends. That's it. We'll see you on Friday. Take care. Bye-bye.